Hey, this is Alex Terranova, and this is the Dream Mason Podcast. We've been taught to behave, to fit in, to follow the rules, but Dream Masons reject conventional thought. Dream Masons are rebels. They take a chisel to the marble that is typical traditional life. They carve out brilliance and broadcast it to the world. Join me for another chapter as we unmask convention, embrace the rebels within us, and more deeply come to explore the complex and agitated edges of our existence. Now, before we get started, please don't be a rebel yet and grab your phone and hit that little button that says subscribe. Thank you. Because your dreams don't build themselves. What's up and welcome back to the Dream Mason podcast. I am your host, Alex Terranova, but I won't be your host for very long today. This is a wrap up of 2020 special episode. I wish I could say we've been planning this for weeks or months or that we had some organization or some structure, but I had a thought this morning and when I have thoughts that I like, I run with them. Uh, I got to say something I do, I do very much appreciate about myself as I take action when I, when I come up with something that I like and I jump right into it. And if we fall on our face today, then we fall on our face and we'll be better for it. But I think sometimes there's magic in just going for it. So before we jump into this, I just want to give some special thanks and some shout outs to uh, people that help make this podcast happen. And one of them, or both of them, you might actually meet today. So there's some behind the scenes people like everyone at Accomplishment Media. Uh, there's some other, you know, colleagues and friends that help me make these things happen. All my guests that have come on here and been generous with their time. Like, I'm so grateful. I got to say, I wake up for these episodes on the podcast day and it's like my favorite day of the week. I know I get to meet some great people. I get to learn. I've met friends along the way. I hang out with people that come on the show outside because we met here. And it's just been like the best experience And February will mark three years of this podcast being active and we'll be over 200 episodes at some point next year. Um, but really big shout outs to two people who help me all the time on this podcast, like every day, every episode. The first one of them is, uh, is the man behind the scenes who's doing all the tech, all the recording, all the editing, who gets to hear from me when I'm upset and pissed off because something's wrong or missing or whatnot. Uh, Adam not. Adam is handles all the behind the scenes, makes everyone sound good. And Adam is also a DJ. So if you're into DJ music, house music, club music, techno music, I don't even know. Adam, you should probably just say what kind of music. But you can find Adam's name is Pete T. And you can find his music on Spotify or Beatport. And this year he's been featured a couple times as having like top songs in that world and that industry. Adam, thanks for your patience. Thanks for your time. Um, and thanks for doing what you love and making music, man. And then the second person, sometimes somewhat embarrassing. Um, so I met this guy, man, it's gotta be like three years ago now. I actually met his mom, um, like through mutual connections online. Uh, I was looking for someone to help me out with podcasting things. I, at the time, three, four years ago was, you know, really, really, really still kind of in the early stages of my business really taking off. And he was thinking about being a coach. He was super and wanted to be in the like inspiration world. And his mom connected me with him and he was pretty fresh out of college. He is a former college football player, also a former college tennis player. He lost 80 pounds in a year. So now if you see him, he's fit. He's always in the gym. Um, sometimes we call him the water whisperer 
because he hydrates elite athletes. He also empowers millennials to start their own business. And the way we partnered up here is Nico was super interested in personal development, coaching. So I coach Nico and we work together in that sense. And then Nico actually helps me and supports me by making this podcast happen by booking, I want to say like 90% of the guests that show up here. So if you like our guests, you can thank Nico. If you don't like our guests, you can thank Nico. <laughs> um, and Nico just booked probably one of our biggest guests ever, which you're going to get in 2021, which is the founder of Reebok. He's also booked a lot of amazing people. Nico Powell, welcome to the Dream Mason podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I want to start off by saying that 90% of the time when I'm introduced as I met your mom and then it goes somewhere else, like it's usually not a good introduction, but we ended up in one place. And I want to get this started off hot. So just like 2020, we got a little herky-jerky. And so today, this podcast, we started a little herky-jerky. So Alex, how do you deal with the herky-jerkies in life? The ups and downs, the back and forth. We should just tell people right now, I'm handing this over to Nico. So Nico's in charge, and I am, uh, and and this wrap-up episode is going to be his show, and I'm going to be his victim. How do I deal with the herky-jerky? Well, when you told me about herky-jerky, I was like, I don't know what the hell herky-jerky is. I'm a vegan. I can't eat jerky anymore. how do I deal with the herky jerky of this year? Meaning like the stop and start, the stutters, the stuck, you know, it's funny you say this. So yesterday I had one of my worst days in like, I feel like a couple of like two months maybe or something, but I felt that like I was stuck. I didn't want to do anything. I was like, I don't feel like it. I feel like I suck. Everything I saw on social media was like, oh, they're better than me. They're doing more than me. Why does my friend who sell mini microphones selling all of them selling out and I'm not selling my stuff. And I got in a big, you know, poo poo pants, baby attitude. Um, And I think the thing was, I just let myself be in it for the day. Like I just said, Hey, today's kind of like nothing even bad happened. Right. I was just in my head in that shitty place and I just allowed it to flow and I allowed myself to be there. And I woke up this morning and I meditated and I walked the dog and I played with the dog and I drank a bunch of water and, uh, and it's all different today. It's like every day there's an opportunity to restart. And, and I think people were coming, this is an end of the year episode. So we talked about like, oh, 2021, everybody's going to be like, I can restart my year and it's going to be so great. And it's like, no, it's bullshit. Restart it every day or every hour, right? I gave myself the day, but today I rebooted. I don't need to wait till the whole next year or till the whole next week or till the whole next month. Every day is a fresh opportunity to try something new and different and reboot. So I think that's, to answer your question, I think that's what I do is who can I be and what can I do? And that starts with basic things like taking care of myself, meditation, playing with the dog, being grateful, um, and allowing myself to be a kind of mopey, shitty baby human on days when that's what happens. I love that. I notice uh, a lot of people, they blame themselves for getting into that space. Like something's wrong with them, that they're not allowed to be like that. Do you have any hot takes on that? It's tough, dude. I, I, I feel like that all the time. Um, you know, I, I was like messaging with my cousin yesterday and I was like, I can't believe my friend, it's a mutual friend. If she listens to this, she's going to know she makes these like mini mics for her show. Um, and I was like, I can't believe she's like doing this. And, and like, it was a, it was a good thing, right? She's successful. I'm like annoyed that I wasn't doing something like that. And she was like, dude, how's it feeling beating up on yourself for it? (laughs) It's like, it feels shittier. It's not making it better. Um, And I think 
I think we do it because we're like trained to do it from little kids, right? We see it, like we see our parents do that. We see, we see so much jealousy and so much envy and in our society. And I think we just have to practice like, hey, it's okay. It doesn't make it, if I make myself keep making myself wrong for it, it doesn't help. But if I allow myself to like let it pass through me and then I, and then I let it go and move on, I don't know. I don't know if there's a right or a wrong way, but I, that's how I do it. Hey, let, let my, sometimes I can be an asshole. Sometimes I can be a jerk. Sometimes I can be jealous. Sometimes I can be bitter. Sometimes I can be sad. Sometimes I'm not in possibility. And sometimes I'm just like, everything sucks. But can I allow that energy to just pass through me? They say that emotions actually only affect you for six minutes on a, on a, on a, on a chemical level. And after six minutes, if they're still there, you're choosing to keep them there. So for me, it's like, hey, allowing that emotion to run its course and then letting it go. That's awesome. So looking back on this year, um, not going to go back into the herky-jerky, but from where you were in March to where you are now, I'm sure things didn't, maybe didn't go according to plan, like the whole world shutting down, like California still being pretty much turned off. Um, adjusting from where you thought, what you thought March was going to look like to what it actually ended up being to how the year went on. Um, how have you kind of, um, what's the word, I guess, entrepreneured yourself, worked your way out of it, um, got creative, did some unique things. You get the gist. Yeah. You know, this, if we go back to March this year, was, it was really interesting for me for, it wasn't about the work piece. I know that's what you pointed to this year was interesting because of the relationship pieces and the dog pieces. Um, the dog pieces, that sounds weird. Um, but the relationship stuff in the dog, you know, you know this, and maybe some people know this, but, um, this year started with me getting into a new relationship, like real fast. And I had like, I thought it was going to go somewhere that, like, I was just like really blinded and it didn't. And then, and that all happened like from January to like COVID and shutdowns. And so that was kind of a, like, it like swept me off my feet, but then it like slapped me back down because like, it didn't go what I, what I thought was going to happen. And then, um, I actually got Callie, my dog, right at the end of March and April and fucking game changer. Like, I, I don't even know how to describe like the love, the joy, the peace, the calmness, the ease. Like if I could have gave everybody a gift this year, it would have been to give them like, it doesn't have to be a puppy, right? But something like that. It could be a different kind of animal. But it's like this dog is just pure love. And it's hard to like wake up with it. It like, it literally sleeps like a little baby, like it little spoons and puts its like paws on my chest or on my back. So I guess it's a big spoon when it's my back. But it like goes under the covers to start the night. And when I wake up in the morning, it is lying next to me like a tiny human with its head on the pillow, like it's super surreal, but how do you wake up mad? How do you wake up like worried when that's what you wake up to your eyes? And then it's just like, oh my God, this thing just like wants to love and love me. And I have anchored my year on that. So every day starts with that. And I think that's why this year has actually been really good to me because if you start your day in love and positivity and joy and play, that's, that's a, like, that's what you're building off of, right? Where a lot of people wake up and they start in fear and worry, concern, and I'm tired. I don't want to wake up. 
I found this way through this dog to really wake up in a really good place. And I added meditation back in this year, which I had let go last year a lot. Every morning meditating again. And I think that's a big, big time game changer. But the second piece was I, in April, May, I got back into a relationship that I was in previously. Um, and it's probably the most intense relationship I've ever been in in my life. Um, it's probably the most like deeply vulnerable, loving, heartbreaking, challenging, rewarding relationship I've ever been in. Um, and it was a relationship I was in, in for all of 2019. And we revisited that and we put ourselves in couples therapy. We like really tried to make it work. We traveled, we road tripped around the country. Um, there were a lot of ups and downs. Ultimately it didn't, work out like I'm sitting here at the end of the year and we're not together um but I'm like really grateful for the opportunity I'm grateful that I got to put myself in couples therapy that I got to do that work with somebody else and a therapist I'm grateful for the experiences of traveling the country I'm grateful for heartbreak and love to be able to love someone so much that when it's over it hurts or when you think that it might be over how much it hurts because that's like what it is to be alive I find that so many people are so afraid to go all in because they're so afraid, but that's what life is like to feel these things with your heart shaped sunglasses on. Um, yeah. So that, that really like you asked about work, but like for me this year was so much about love from a love that like didn't work and was like quickly to a, like a longer, more intense, deeper thing that didn't go to the puppy. Um, I don't know what to tell you about work except that um, just keep pivoting. Like every time shit happened, it's like like this, right? This morning I was like, oh, so there was supposed to be a guest on. I was like, I'll do a wrap-up episode instead. And then I was like, no, 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 let's even change that up. Just keep pivoting, keep trying, never settle for the status quo or like what it seems like it should be and do something different, do something new. And if it doesn't work, do something else. That was a long answer. <laughs> no, it was perfect. I definitely insinuated work, but I was more, I, I, got, I got the answer I was looking for, which is how you basically reacted to the big change in your life and everyone's life and what it looked like. Definitely want to touch on, we, um, we fostered a dog, like a four, like 10 to 14 year old dog, not exactly sure, been in the shelter her whole life. And now she sleeps on the bed like a human, head on the pillow, feet <laughs> out of the covers. And just that unconditional love and a feeling of- it's just, unreal. It's just a lot there. Like you have other stuff going on in your life. You have other things you do. You have work, you go to the gym, relationships, your dog only has you. They only love you. They love everyone. But like, you're just kind of their whole world. Um, Alex, I wanted to ask you something in the beginning of this year, 300 and something days ago, you decided to become vegan, which is something I've dabbled in. I've been in that vegan life. Um, and it's definitely not always easy. What was your motivation to even like start that? So when, November on Thanksgiving morning of 2019, I was lying in bed at my parents' house, right? It's Thanksgiving. I'm up at their house ready pre COVID. Everybody's we're doing like the old school, old school family get togethers. And I'm lying in bed and I'm picturing mac and cheese, ribs. My, we would do ribs on Thanksgiving. We do lasagna on Thanksgiving. There's also probably turkey and ham and like all the other things. I'm lying there and I'm thinking about it. And I start to think about how sick. I'm going to feel. And it's kind of a joke in my house when Alex, like when I go all in on food, 
at the end of the meal, I'm lying on the floor on my stomach because I'm like so full, so bloated that I like need the pressure. I like can't even sit up. Like I make, I eat till I'm sick. And this is, I'm thinking about this and I have this thought that hits me, like not from a like brain level, from like a deeper self-knowing that's like, why do you live a life that you do something that a lot of meals you eat, the majority of meals I eat at that point in my life make me feel bad? Why do I choose to do something every day that makes me feel bad? And that's not a me thing. Everybody does it, right? People drink and feel shitty. People don't work out and feel shitty. People date people that make them feel shitty. People go to jobs that make them feel shitty. Why do we do things all the time that make us feel shitty or not good or whatever? And it smacked me across the face. And I was like, I need to change my relationship to food. And I don't know why it was like dropped into me that like you need to be vegan for a year. That even if you're not vegan after this year, your relationship with food will forever be different. Food will not be a thing that you're like, oh, like it's like your whole day you're looking forward to. You won't need a gorge. You'll, you'll shift that. And I decided that day that for all of 2020, I would be a vegan. And then on, on so on December 31st, 2019, we went to Whole Foods and I got three pieces of pizza, two things of sushi, a rack of ribs, mac and cheese, uh, I think like some fried chicken. I ate myself sick New Year's night, 2019 to 2020. I was actually sick on the couch watching, didn't go out because I felt so bad from all the food I ate. And then on the first day I started being vegan been vegan in Belize, been vegan in the States, been vegan across 10 states on road trips, been vegan for holidays, been vegan for football, everything, right? Um, and we're what, we're recording this, we're like 15 more days till the end of this, this experience. Um, do you want me to tell you like some of the, I haven't really shared the impact. Do you want yeah, me to? Please. So I'll give you the, the, like the, the blood kind of stuff. So my cholesterol dropped from 210 to 186. So it went from high to like very like healthy, normal range. Um, my like blood cell counts and all those kind of like, like little things all like went in a really good directions. Um, I'm not anemic, which is great for like somebody who's not been eating meat. Um, my glucose went way down from like 108 to 97, which is, which is huge. Um, Cause at 108, that was high. So your glucose is like your sugars and, and how your body's processing it. Um, and 97, it's like a good range. Um, and if we, if I stay on that sugar kick, my overall, like my the A1C or whatever that that score is called for like diabetic went from like I wasn't I was like right below where there's like the pre-diabetic because there's like diabetes pre-diabetes and then I was like right below the pre and now I'm further away from that mm -hmm. um but the crazy kick here too is being vegan my sweet tooth has gone away like I don't crave sweets like I used to which is I didn't plan for that that took a while but that's happened um my body is functioning well. My kidneys are good. My electrolytes are good. My, pro, my total protein in my body went down, but not by that much. Like that was the biggest thing. One of the biggest things we noticed was like, hey, you could just eat more like tofu, more beans, more protein, vegan protein powder. You could just consume more. But this is also one of the things is as I went vegan, my, I, need, I like, then when the year started, I would eat so much food, like huge salads. I'd be like so hungry. But over time, 
I don't need as much food. Mm. I eat like a pretty big dinner. I pretty much have like a shake in the afternoon that's like all fruits and vegetables and, and vegan protein powder. I have some like nuts and seeds like in the afternoon. And I notice like I just don't need that much food to fuel my body anymore. So part of it is like not only could I use some more protein, but I probably could just use a little more food. I just don't feel like I need it. Like I eat more for survival and for energy than I eat for like, oh my God, it tastes so good and I need to like shovel this in my mouth. Um, my cortisol levels went from like, like the way my body handles stress went from like flatlined to being like when you wake up in the morning, they're high and they drop off. It like completely flipped. My hormone levels went up, like my testosterone's higher, my, um, my sex hormones are higher, my thyroid's good. Um, what else? Uh, I'm just looking at like all these notes, like a lot of really good things. The biggest note actually from my naturopath was that she even thought it could be even better. And the impact was that I don't drink enough water and that I probably drink too much alcohol. And I don't think that I drink that much alcohol, but it was kind of the point where, like, if I drink once a week, she was like, yeah, but you don't drink very much water. And so the impact on the alcohol, water's job is like to cleanse your body, right? Like it keeps everything. And so if I'm not drinking enough water, the, re the residual impact of the alcohol is it's staying in my body longer and taking harder to, like, harder to clean out. And so it's impacting the vegan as like, I'm not getting the results. But on top of that, man, I'm like leaner than I've ever been. I've never seen abs and ribs in my life and I'm seeing abs and ribs. Um, I have more energy all day long. I'm not crashing. I, sl I sleep for the most part better. I can wake up early in the morning with no effort at all and I'm like ready to go. I don't need like time to get like my shit together. Um, oh, here's the kicker. The blood flow in the male, lower male region <laughs> from vegan is bananas. It is like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to gross anybody out or offend anybody, but it's some, sometimes it feels like I'm a teenager again. <laughs> um, like I'm a little boy with a backpack walking up to the front of the room, holding my folder in front of my lap. Um, but yeah, that, that was a, that's been a big, a big game changer. Um, so overall, man, I feel great. And, I, and actually this, because of COVID, I work out less. I used to work out five or six days a week. And now maybe I work out three days a week and I'm in better shape with less effort than I was when I was like filling my body with all these meats and proteins and all these like quote unquote good for you foods. With all this workout, I work out less and I feel better and I look better. So. Yeah, one of the most inspirational things for me when I started my weight loss journey was you eat to live, not live to eat. Yeah. Your food is like a tool to like keep you moving, like, and not like the only thing you live for. So that was awesome. I heard a lot of good things about what happened with this vegan year, but I want to know about some of the, the harder stuff. So for me, the harder things was um, creativity with food, like getting super bored with what I was eating, and FOMO, fear of missing out on meals and like <laughs> foods I wanted to eat. So did you experience any of that? What was the hardest part of this? Dude, that's the weird thing. It wasn't that hard. I'm like, I say that and I feel badly because I know it, sh it feels like it should have been or that people are like, that's crazy. But something I learned about myself is like when I really make a commitment. Now, if I say like, hey, I'm, Nico, I'm not going to eat French fries for a week. That's not a commitment. That's like a fun idea, whatever. Mm -hmm. But I was like, I am not, I'm a, I am a vegan, 
right? Mm-hmm. For I said, I'm like, I am a vegan. Like, I'm not just saying I'm not going to eat meat. I'm a vegan for this year. It's a commitment. It's like, I'm telling everyone it's a focus. It's like, I need to start building that practice up. What I learned about myself is it's actually not that hard. Like when you really commit to something, you, not just me, but all of us have the ability to do that thing. Mm-hmm. If it's a real commitment and if we're not doing it, we probably didn't really make a commitment. So I also think I got lucky. The whole world shut down this year. I didn't have to go to restaurants and go to all these parties and like, that's just a crazy coincidence. Right. Um, but I would say if there was the hardest things being in Belize and being vegan at the beginning of the year was tough. Cause it's like an Island where, where we were on an Island in Belize, you know, there's not a lot of options. I ate like a lot of rice and beans and like some random vegetables, but they don't even have that many vegetables on an Island. I think the thing I missed most all year is I live across the street from a place called Rockies in San Diego. Rockies is like one of the best burgers I've yep. ever had. And it's right across the street. And I could smell it sometimes and people I know go. And I, it's like, I'll go to Rockies and I just like eat fries. Because <laughs> uh, all they have is burger and fries. There's no other options. So I think that was tough. Also, I miss fried chicken a lot, man. You can't fake fried chicken. Like you can fake a burger. You can eat an impossible burger and dress it up real nice or something. And it, it, it does the craving. You also can't fake baby back ribs. There's no fake baby back ribs substitute. So I could, I used, I probably ate more barbecue sauce this year. I bet my sugar and glucose would have been even lower if I didn't eat all that barbecue sauce. I was like guzzling barbecue sauce with everything because I was missing like that flavor of barbecue food and you can't do, there's no vegan barbecue food. That's not a thing. So there's vegan barbecue Saitan, which is like barbecue. Yes. I don't, that's actually a great thing that I learned. You know, I had to actually, so the beginning of the year, I ate a lot of vegetables. The middle of the year, I ate a lot of the like kind of, I'm calling them fake meats cause I don't know what to call them, but like beyond burgers, beyond sausages. And what I noticed is those things actually made me feel shittier. And I'm not saying that they do that to everybody or that they have that impact. For me, they made me feel more bloated, more upset stomach, more uncomfortable. And so the last three to four months of the year, I cut all those out again. I might have it like special, like I might have a, a burger at a restaurant like that. But for the most part, I don't bring them home. I don't buy them. And I went back to just the vegetables, the beans, the lentils, the grains. And I feel, and I feel like so much better again. So. I think, I think not just it's being vegan, it's like finding out what works for you, right? Like what vegetables fill you up? People are like, aren't you always hungry? And I'm like, no, not at all. Like my meals can be bigger and more dense, but it all, your body adapts. Right. You mentioned something earlier that sparked a question I wanted to ask you. So like you mentioned, the whole country got shut down at once. So like, I'm a believer that like if the universe is telling you to do something and like you don't listen to it, eventually it's going to like shove it in your face. Yeah. I think the entire country, maybe the entire world needed one big break and like people weren't taking it. They're overworked. They're overdoing, they're working too much. They're doing too many things. They're not taking care of their health. And I think the universe gave us one big pause and kind of put everyone on a big break. What's your take on that? Yeah, I'm with you. I, it's, I think this is a really sensitive topic, right? Cause there's people that don't have resources and like this pause really fucks up their world. Like so much more than people that do have resources. If you were already food deprived or you were already in some sort of poverty or you were of a group of people that's oppressed, you know, whether it be because of your race or your religion or your beliefs of some kind, like this, this fucks up your world way more than it fucked up mine. Um, and I have like a really, a really like big 
spot of empathy and compassion for the for those people because I don't for me to be like, oh, you get this time to slow down and love your kid. Like, fuck that. That's, that's, that's not like, like, who am I to say that? Right? Like I have all these privileges and all these gifts and all these things that work out for me. So I'm going to, I'm going to do something, which is I'm going to say, I don't want to put, I don't even want to speak for, for that, for, for people that are having a really hard time. Um, I don't feel like it's fair and I don't feel like I can do them justice in terms of what their experience is like. What I can, what I do feel like I can speak for is people that have iPhones that listen to, for the most part, listen to podcasts that have like Netflix, Amazon prime, Hulu cable, the NFL package, eat at restaurants, have jobs. Like there's a, this, the segment of the population that their needs are met, not saying that they're rich, but that they have everything that they need, which doesn't mean they have a Ferrari or fancy cars. It means they have a job, they have water, they have shelter, they have safety, maybe they have love, um, but that basic needs met. And I think for that percentage of the world, we really fucking needed this mm-hmm. because the way we were going doesn't work. Where suicide rates are out of control, depression, mental health is out of control. Um, people's overall general health is is like terrible. Um, relationships are terrible, like overall, like divorce. We have such a poor relationship to ourselves and to other people. And we're blinded by like, all we need to do is make money to succeed and be fulfilled. And it doesn't work. And it's not to say, it's not to say that we shouldn't have aspirations and dreams and goals, but that money focused mindset of success is not getting us as a species, as a people, what we want. And I, I, so I'm with you. I think it's a big reset of, we need to change the way we look at our, our daily lives, our yearly lives, what's important to us. Somebody said to me the other day, for the first time in my whole life, they lived in a neighborhood for 20 years. And they said, I've never seen dads on the street playing with their kids in this neighborhood. And every day I see dads in the street playing with their kids now. Now, we don't know what's happening, right, with those people and their money or their, their health, whatever. But dads playing with their kids in the middle of the street in the middle of a day is a really big deal. I don't know about you, but, like, my dad throwing a baseball with me when I was a little kid, like, that made a big difference in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, think about how we used to send kids to school and they would get educated and then they, like, came home. It's like, yeah, look, I don't know what it must be like to be a parent and have to do the education yourself. But I do know that you get to spend more time with your kid. You mm. get to be with them. You don't get to pawn them off and have somebody else have that responsibility. <laughs> like you actually have to take responsibility for your child's education, for your child's growth, your child's development. And again, I don't know what, it, I don't have any kids. I'm not here. But, from, but if, you, if we just step back and look at that from a, from a human love perspective, you know, like that's kind of an amazing gift to be able to spend time with your kids, to be able to not be running around and going out every night and spend time with your friends and your family inside. Um, so I'm with you. I think I slowed down a lot this year. I still accomplished a lot and did a lot, but I really took, I stopped working out at 5 a.m. <laughs> let myself sleep in and play with the dog in the morning. I didn't, I'm not beating myself up if I go two or three days without a workout. Um, and I think it's, I think that's really important. I want to continue to live my life slower and more and make relationships and love and connection, um, 
more important than money. Yeah. I do want to play devil's advocate for a minute. Um, There are always going to be moments or like, there's always circumstances where this like whole situation, it was worse for a lot of people. That's always going to be true. But on the other end of that, there's a lot of people that realize that what they're doing isn't sustainable. That the situation they're in, the job they have, that at any moment, like they didn't realize how on the edge they were. Yeah. And that they needed like a, a kick in the face. And I, I think it's for a lot of people, this has been like a blessing. Like, oh, like I have to start my business now. I can't rely on going somewhere. I can't rely on commuting to a job or going to the city or other people. And they're really taking a lot of um, personal responsibility to themselves and empower themselves with it. Yeah. You, you just said something that is like my, it's been my, I want to say my coaching mantra to a lot of clients this year is, and, and people listening, you, we've been living in an illusion that your life was like stable and controllable, like that you had it figured out or like, look, we're lucky. Hundreds of years ago, a disease <laughs> ravaged a town and everyone died or like a tribe came in and brutalized something or, you know, a natural disaster took everything out. We've created a society here in America specifically, but other places too, that there's so much structure that it occurs like life is stable and controllable And like, you could plan a year, like, oh, I'm going to plan my 2021. It's going to go just like this. And like, we could do that for a lot of things until somebody got hit by a car, until somebody got sick, until somebody died, until somebody lost their job. And I think what 2020 did to us is it was a slap in the face from the universe. Like you don't get to fucking control every aspect. Like there's a, this is a ride you're on, a journey. And you might have some manifestation abilities and, and consciousness and be able to create your life and be responsible for it. And there's stuff that's going to happen outside of your control. So stop living in this small game illusion that is like, I just go to work and I take care of my kids and like whatever. And st- start actually going after what matters. I don't know about you, but I know a lot of people that lost their job this year and started doing the thing they've always wanted to do that they might never have done if they didn't lose that job. And I'm not saying that I'm like, we're happy about that, but like some of them are like, this is such a blessing. You know, relationships that people got in because of this in new ways. I know just for me, just me, myself, I have multiple clients this year got married, had babies, got pregnant, got engaged, found new jobs, started businesses, made more money than they've ever made, got healthy, that these are things that they were not doing pre-2020, that this year created them to generate their life a little different or with more urgency. Yeah, definitely. An area I'm starting to live my life in and be more cognizant of is that like nothing happens to me and everything's happening for me. Like we put these, like it's a bag of good, bad, right or wrong. Everything means something. And it's like, like you just kind of put like a label on it, but what it means about you, but it means about what you deserve. And when you realize that like life just happens for you and every moment is to grow you and put you onto your next journey, you kind of like, you kind of shed your skin a little bit of like what you feel like you should be doing. What's the right response, what the correct thing is. And it's just life and you're just living it. And it's like, it's for you. It's beautiful in that way. Um, Alex, I want to ask you a question. Me and you, I don't know who else knows this term, but we call them BHAGs. I call them BHAGs. Big, hairy, audacious goals. I 100% got it from you. I think I use it probably more than you know. <laughs> I haven't heard you use it since. Um, I've never called it that. I might have said called it a big, hairy, audacious goal, but I never gave it the acronym. BHAG. That's hilarious. 
Um, did you, what were your B, I know being vegan for one year, must have been a big hairy audacious goal. Maybe not for you because you're just so talented and special. Um, <laughs> I didn't know it was going to go as well as it did. I thought it was going to be hard. <laughs> I get it. You're a genetic specimen and a unique talent of the universe. But what BHAGs did you have and did, did you crush them? Did you fail at all? Oh yeah, man. I, I missed a few. I'll, 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 let, I'll give them, I'll give them all to you and I'll tell you what I did. So, um, so one of my goals was to generate $500,000 this year. This was a big, this was a really big one. And I didn't even come close. Like not even close. Like not, it's like, it's, I'm like a high school player and it's over there in the major leagues, right? Like I do well, I'm not complaining. My life is good. I do well. I'm very happy. But to me, that was a big, hairy, audacious goal. And I didn't even touch it. And that's fine. I'm like, hey, this is, I'm on a journey. I'm on my way. It's just not here yet. But it does, it does kind of smack me in the face a little bit, right? Like to not, to set something down and really go for it. I also did learn that I function really like a little bit better when my, when I chunk my goals down to really things that I can like chew on or grab. And I'm able to function better if I can like see it being closer to me. So putting something in front of me that's not so big and crazy for me personally, it actually supports me to be more motivated. Mm -hmm. Um, but so I failed pretty bad at that one. Um, we had a goal this year to get me on 20 podcasts and we're pretty close. We're at like 17 or 18. So whether, yeah, as a guest, so whether we do it or not, I'm like pretty satisfied. We're, we're like right there. Um, I had a goal to write book two and three this year. Neither one exists, man. I have, they're started, they're outlined, they're fully developed in certain ways, but they're not written. And I really felt unmotivated this year to write them. And I don't know if because of the pandemic or whatnot, but it was like those words wouldn't come out of me. Um, but I did write, I did write a chat. There's a book coming out on masculinity and I got to be one of the authors that wrote a chapter in that book. So I will have another book come out, which is pretty awesome. Um, my, I had a goal to buy a house. I had a goal to buy a TED talk, not buy a TED talk, to be on a TED talk. Those things didn't happen. I'm on a TED Talk in process, right? Still working on it. Uh, same thing. I didn't really focus much on the goal to buy the house until about halfway through the year. Um, and I'm still in process there, right? I'm looking for houses. I'm trying to figure out how to make that happen. But I actually, it was funny. I set that goal and I didn't know where it came from. When I did it on, at the end of December, I was like, oh, I'm going to buy a house. It like, came to me. And I actually didn't care until I got Cali. And now I want to have a yard because I want to be able to sit and work and let her run around. It was like, I didn't know when I do my goals for the year, I really, I do it through like meditation. I don't just try to like pick them out of my mind. I try to see like, Hey, if this year could provide stuff for me, what would it, what would show up? And I kind of try to download almost like tap into my inner knowing my inner self. And I didn't know why I wanted that one for a while. And then when I got Callie, it became pretty clear why I wanted a house. Um, but here are the bigger goals. Uh, do you well, actually, let me ask you this. Because there's a lot of stuff that I did create this year, right? But they weren't necessarily goals. They were in, in service of getting to like the 500,000. I could give you a whole list of shit I did, right? They didn't necessarily produce that result. But because I was on my way to that result, there's like all these accomplishments and wins. I don't know if you want those. But what I was just thinking about was the big things that I do every year is I create intentions every year. So 
my big intention this year was I, I give them names, like I theme them out. And the, the theme for my year was I am the golden ticket, which is like I'm the ticket that gives me access to everything. There's no ticket outside of me. There's no person. I'm, that's me. And I don't know if I, I don't know if I did that. Like, I'm not sure. I think in a lot of ways, yeah. And I think that there's a lot of ways that I made myself the silver ticket. <laughs> like so a lot of access, but not full access. And, I, and that's okay. I think there's still room to have that breakthrough. Maybe it's by the end of this year. Maybe there's just more to go. Um, but I do think there's some stuff I want to do and some things I want that I'm the reason. Like I'm not allowing myself through that door. Mm-hmm. And that's the golden ticket is like you get to go through any door you want. Yeah. Um, that was my big theme for the year. The, the four smaller themes that I do is like there's a me, a relationship, a business, and a spiritual. And my me was love. And I for sure love myself more than I ever have. So I would hold that as like a 100% win. Um, and there's more you can go. For relationships, it was patience. Fuck, this year taught me to be patient, man. Beginning of the year, um, beginning of the year, I rushed into something that beat me up a little bit. Then I tried to take something slow that beat me up. And now we're here at the end of the year. And I'm like, all right, like you just gotta just go with the flow. So I think I'm in that. I don't know if it's like, if I have it, but I'm in it. Um, business is passion. And I think this is another one where I'm in it. There's some things that I do like these podcasts I'm so passionate about. And then there's other aspects of my business that I'm not. One of the things I have done this year is take a lot of those things that I'm not passionate about and get other people to do them for me and pay other people. And then I get to spend more time focusing on the things I am passionate about. And the last one is spiritual, which is surrender. And I totally think I did this. My, my daily mantra is the things that I really want are on their way to me. So I don't say it like that, but I'm like, you know, the, the, the podcast guests, the biggest podcast guests are on their way. They're discovering who I am. They're discovering this show. Nico's, Nico's finding them. That 500K is flowing to me. It's on its way. The, the clients I want to have, the corporate clients, the next book I want to write, like all these things are in, they're, they're all like a river flowing to me. And to me, that's spiritual. It was surrender. And it's like, you can't force this shit. You got to like allow, allow it to show up and put down your defenses. Definitely. I definitely think that we are the biggest obstacle. Like you taught me this, that we are the biggest obstacle to the things that we want. And we don't even know it. And it's like, when we like release that shield and let things flow to us, that's when we really get the things that we want. I wanted to ask you a question that I, I never thought I'd ask you this question because I asked this to the people I interview, but here we are now. Um, if people could learn one thing from your journey, what would it be? So like if you had a, about 2020, if you had like a thousand people in the audience and they could only learn one thing from your message uh, of this year, what would it be? That's tough. When, well, from this year, your 2020, I call it my golden nugget. Yeah. Uh, this, <laughs> this, this is what hit me when you said it, and then I try to push it away, and then it just kind of keeps pushing its way back in. Um, is you can't control any of the things outside of you, but you can control your inner experience, which means, um, and I'm, maybe I'll do this, maybe I'll act this out for you, but you get to control your inner experiences, which is how you feel, your mood, your, your mindset, the way you look at the world. There are very poor people out there that are very happy. And there are very wealthy people that are very sad. 
And I think that's that. And I think so this year has showed us that like all sorts of things are going to happen that we don't, we don't get to say or control. I don't care who you are. You don't get to decide what's going on with the coronavirus or lockdowns or like, right. Like there's somebody, there's somebody above you everywhere in all degrees that this is impacting. So you can control the inner, the inner stuff. So for me, um, I think I shared this with you. One of the things I noticed, right. I started meditating. I started being happy with, with, with my dog, but for me to control my inner experience, I was like, I need to find ways to make me feel good and generate good feelings inside of me instead of hoping that the things outside of me generate good feelings. Yeah. And maybe this is a, a good place for us to wrap with this, me, me sharing a very personal practice that I have. But when I wake up with Callie in the morning, so my alarm goes off, I grab my phone, I go right to it, put on a meditation, I don't even get out of bed. Sometimes I turn on a light or open the window, but I just pretty much stay in bed, put on a meditation. End of the meditation, maybe there's an ohm or like some sort of, you know, gratitude, whatever. And then I roll over and I'm like, good morning, Callie. Good morning, Callie. And she usually like flips her head up and like looks at me and she's like under the blankets. And I'll be like, Callie, what's your day like going to be today? And she'll be, and she'll be like, I don't know, dad. Um, can I meet, can I meet other dogs? Can I eat good food? Can I run around? Can we play? How much time can we play? Dad, can we go to the dog park? Can we go to the dog beach? Um, maybe, maybe, maybe you'll get me a new ball. Uh, I think what I want to do today is like, I want to meet three new friends. Maybe I'll meet a cat that will be my friend. And I'll be like, wow, Callie, that sounds like such a good day. And she'll be like, yeah, dad, I'm so excited. Today's going to be so good. And I'm like, this sounds like a really good puppy day. And she's like, cause I'm a really good puppy. And, um, and I'm like, you are. And then I'll be, and then, and then literally it'll be like, how about you, dad? What are you going to do today? What's your day going to be like, dad? And I'll be like, well, Callie, I think I'm going to, I'm going to wake up and I have like such a good cup of coffee and I'm going to take you outside and I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do some gratitude when we're, when we're done with this. Cause I'm like, there's so many things I can be grateful for. And, um, I'm going to, I'm going to work with some great clients today. who are going to bring really like inspiring, challenging things that we get to like overcome. I'm going to record with some great guests. I'm going to meet somebody today who's going to further my life and move me forward. I'm going to, I'm going to have an impact on somebody. I'm going to leave like contribution. And so we'll go through this like every day where I do a voice for Callie and I do, and I, and I, and I'm me and it's funny and it's stupid and it's silly. And at the end of it, I feel so fucking good. Like, I feel like you just, I don't think if you handed me a million dollars, I would feel like, that's how good I would feel. Mm -hmm. And at the end, like that's, and then I get out of bed with that energy. Now I don't care what shows up outside of my bedroom door, right? All my clients could quit. I could find out all my money's gone. I could find out that I'm barricaded inside. But the place that I started at now gets to face all those challenges. Whereas a year ago, two years ago, I used to wake up and be like, fuck, here we go. Another day. Let's get through this. Now that version of me had to face all those challenges. It's like one of me starting with like body armor, a shield, a sword, a gun, an army behind me. And the other one's starting like naked with like a leaf over my privates. And yeah, like how did you think the day is going to go? And I think that I'm not, people don't have to be silly and talk to their dogs like I do. 
but find ways to generate yourself so that you can show up to life like fully, like fully ready to go. So whatever does show up, you're ready to face it at your best, not at your worst. Mm-hmm. You weren't expecting that. No, I wasn't. Like I know dogs are amazing listeners, and I talk to mine all the time, but I've never like, gotten like thought about the, the back and forth of like having that little conversation. That was beautiful, Alex. <laughs> what do you want people to know? What did you learn from this year? Um, I learned from this year that things change very fast, but it's up to me to respond to them. Like nothing's trying to hurt me. Like things are there, things hurt my feelings, things that I react to. Like I, like you don't have to take them as good, bad, right or wrong. And just accepting them as they are and rolling with them. Like they just flow through you. You can get to flow through life and, um, I'll get vulnerable. Why not? So as I've been going through this, um, I've gone through a mindset training and I'm going through what should be like the worst breakup of my life. And I should be like crying. I should be like super like beaten up about it. But I'm like a beautiful place of like, wow, our relationship just gets to grow to a different level. Like maybe we're not dating anymore, but now we're still business partners. We're still friends. And it's it's not bad. And it's because like, I'm just not taking anything as like, it's against me or like, oh, woe is me. I'm just rolling with, wow, like we're going to develop into like a really awesome business partnership. We're going to be still great friends. Like we're just not meant to, like our relationship is just evolving to something different. And prior to probably um, two, three, four, five months ago, I would be like in my bed, just like laying face on the wall, just like, uh, you know how people get. And I just want to like say, I guess my message would be that life happens for you and you don't have to take things that uh, they're against you. The world doesn't want to hurt you. It's just, it is, it's happening as it is. And it's up to you to flow through it. Yeah. Are you crying right now? No, I'm not crying. You're crying. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that was beautiful. Thanks for that. I think, I think that's a great, I love that too. You know, I think we don't always get that opportunity to have that shift where your relationship mutates, right? Like into something else, something beautiful, something bigger, or something expansive transforms, mutates, whatever word you want to use. Um, I didn't get to have that experience this year. And like, that was the thing I really, that was one thing I really wanted, right? When my relationship ended, I didn't want it to, like, I don't want it to go the way that it, that it's gone where like, it doesn't get to become something bigger and more beautiful. Um, but I also recognize that's part of like what I don't, I don't get to control everything, you know? I'm like, I can be, who I want to be and show up how I want to be. And then there's other people and other things. And I just get to keep, I just get to keep being the person I say I'm going to be. Um, I want to leave this with this. A lot of people think, I don't know why people think they're here on this planet or what they're here for, but the, and I don't know, I'm not pretending to know I'm not God in any more of a way than anyone else is. But I think the thing that I would leave people with is this idea that, what if you're just here to create the person that you're supposed to be? That every day you have an opportunity to show up to life and choose who you're going to be. Well, who that, who is that you that you're going to show up as and relate to people as and connect with people as, and, and what's the action you're going to take? And that's all life is, is this playground to practice who am I going to be? And all the things that happen to us in this life are, are like the, the bumps and the hills and the mountains and the doors and the roadblocks 
that are that force us to be that thing that if life was a utopia we wouldn't need healers who would they be if life was perfect we wouldn't need people to to build things and design things and create things and make things and fix things and whatever but that because life is the way that it is it just is this way that we get to show up and decide who we're going to be every day in the face of all these things and that's the one thing that like like i said i don't know what the purpose is but i kind of think for me that's what it feels like is like that's the one thing is i get to de- decide who i'm going to be and what difference i'm going to make and if i do that every day at the end of my life i'm going to feel i think i'm going to feel pretty good about the end of it yeah um do you have anything that you really that you're going to create for 2021 um like intentions I don't know. Intentions. One thing. One thing. What's, what do you, what do you most want for 2021? 2021. I want to commit myself to experiences. Um, I've been in the last, like since I haven't, I, in the beginning of 2020, I was in a lot of traveling, doing a lot of things, experiencing a lot. And since then I haven't like done those things. And I feel like it's taking an effect on me. So I want to like make it an effort to experience more, do things I've never done before, eat food I've never done. I've never eaten, go places I've never been, um, and just try a bunch of different things. So my, uh, I guess for 2021, my intention would be to experience. Nice. I don't, I want to leave people with this for this, with this episode. Um, if you've had a, if you've had a rough 2020, um, like allow yourself to feel it, allow yourself to grieve it, be angry, be sad, like literally take a moment before this year ends to feel all those feelings. Um, you know, go in your shower and cry, get in your car and yell, beat up a punching bag, take a bat to your mattress, like do whatever you got to do to let feel it, the, the feelings that you have for this year come out. And then, um, find whatever you can be grateful for in this year. And when you get on the other side of that gratitude for whatever you do have and whatever worked out for you, um, decide who you're going to be in 2021, not what you're going to get or what you're going to do, but like who you're going to be. Like I hear Nico's like going to be adventurous and explorative. Um, And then make your year, build your year on that. Um, And no matter what happens, you can create inside of that or outside of that or whatever on top of that. (laughs) Um, Nico, thank you for, uh, for showing up at the drop of a hat. You were literally called and you got into wardrobe and everything in a moment and you got on here. You did not know we were going to do this. Good job. No wonder you book good people. Um, but thanks for saying yes in a moment to the opportunity, jumping in, doing a great job, asking me some great things, um, and making this episode better than I thought it was going to be. So I appreciate you. Thank you for all that you do for this podcast and everything that you did today. Of course, it was a pleasure interviewing you, Mr. Noble. And um, if people want to know where they, how they can be, how they can understand how you, how you can, uh, how you can help them get hydrated or, or you know. How, how you help elite athletes, how do they find you? 
you can shoot me a DM at Nico, N-I-C-O, Powell, P-O-W-E-L-L-1, or you can go to NicoAPowell.com. There you go. Adam, thanks, man. Thanks for doing all the behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, appreciate you. <laughs> and everybody listening, thank you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for showing up. Thanks for um, following this three-year journey now. Uh, please share this episode with somebody that needs to hear it. And if you have anything that you want me to share, talk about anyone you want me to interview, uh, email me, alex at thedreammason.com and uh, share with me what you want more of on this podcast. And I'd love to accommodate those things. I hope everyone has an amazing holiday season as best and joyous and loving as they can. And I hope everyone has a great new year. And, uh, and we out. Thanks for listening. Honestly, I'm just a rebel who found a cause and has a dream. And I'm super grateful for your support. If you got anything from this, please help me out and share this podcast with one person today. You can find me at thedreammason.com or at inspirationalalex on Instagram. You are a dream mason because your dreams don't build themselves.